0: Hi, and welcome to Cold Odie Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. We meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. at 584 Franklin Road in Franklin, Tennessee. You can find out more information on our website at coldod.org or watch us live on our Facebook or YouTube by simply searching for Cold OD Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Exodus chapter 24, if you turn there, my topic today is the Chinese New Year. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually today. How many knew that? I wouldn't have known it either, except that a few different people from, that I know from China told me <laughs> today is the Chinese New Year. It's not my topic. But <laughs> uh, and did you know that for the Chinese New Year, the house is meticulously cleaned in advance. Sound familiar? Lots of cooking, tremendous amount of cooking in advance. Sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, you're off for three days, maybe a week if you're in China. A lot like what? Jewish holiday. Passover, yeah, Pesach. Yeah, Michael, yeah, a lot like Pesach for us. Very similar, so um, you wear bright colors And also, I was told you put money in the envelopes for the children. So if you know any, hey, this is serious. If you have any friends that are from China, bless them. Father, we just thank you. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, Bishem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. And they saw the God of Israel. This is in the passage today. It's in the parasha. They saw the God of Israel. Can you imagine that? It's actually in the passage today. Wow, a vision of God. Exodus 24, what happened? Let's look at that. We're going to look at it. So we're going to read in chapter 24. Let's read just in the beginning, verse 1. Then to Moses he said, "Come up to Adonai, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone is to approach Moses alone is to approach the Lord, but the others may not draw near, nor are the people to go up with him." So Moses came up and told the people all the words of the Lord as well as all the ordinances and all the people answered with one voice and said all the words which the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. Wrote them all down and then in verse 7 he took the scroll, he took the scroll of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people and again they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and obey. And Moses took the blood and he sprinkled it, spattered it on the people and said, behold, this is that they made sacrifices, of course. And behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has cut with you in agreement with all these words. And here it is. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab, his sons, and abahu abahu and the se- and 70 of the elders of Israel went up they saw the god of Israel and under his feet was something like a pavement of sapphire as clear or as pure tahur as the very heavens yet he did not raise his hand against the nobles of the children of Israel so, here it is again so they beheld god and ate and drink let's go back over that he took the scroll of the covenant read it in the hearing of the people and again he said all they said all the lord has spoken we'll do and obey public reading of god's word, so important first timothy four thirteen, paul tells, tells timothy until i come devote yourself to the public reading of scripture it's so important to read god's word to hear god's word it does something powerful right powerful. In Nehemiah 8, remember that beautiful, that powerful story, all the people, I'm just going to quote some of it from Nehemiah 8, where all the people were brought as a single body, body, as one man, I think it says in the Hebrew, into the plaza that was before the water gate, and they said to Ezra the scribe, bring out the Torah scroll of Moses. Ezra the Kohen brought the Torah before the assembly, which included men and women and all that could understand what they heard. So he read from it before the plaza in front of the water gate from the first light until midday. That's how long we're going to be doing it today. No. (laughs) Imagine that. from From dawn until midday, till the heat of the sun, in the presence of the men and women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the scroll of the Torah, on a high wooden platform constructed for this purpose, it says. Ezra opened the scroll in the sight of the people, for he was above all the people. When he opened it, all the people stood up. It's the reverence for God's word. When he opened the scroll, they all stood up. Ezra blessed the Lord, blessed Adonai, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, as they lifted up, lifted up of their hands... Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord, their faces to the ground. Amazing. So the public reading of God's word is so important, as is our response to it. James 1:21 and 22 says, Receive with humility, with meekness or humility, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It's able to save our souls. It's able to deliver our souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. James or Yaakov says. We have a Yaakov with us visiting today. We haven't seen in a while. And uh, Hebrews four two says, Mix faith said the word didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard." When we hear the word, we mix faith. We meet it with faith. We meet it with faith so that it can so that it can deliver us. And so then, after hearing the word, then verse eight of. Exodus 24, Moses took the blood. So here's the word. Now the blood sprinkled it on the people and said, behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord has cut with you. Moses Then, the, then the Moses and Aaron and his sons and the 70 elders went up and it says, Vayiru et Elohei Israel. They saw and they saw the God of Israel and under his feet, something like a pavement Sapphire, clear as the very heavens. Clear as the very heavens. And again it says in verse 11 that they... It says, They beheld and they beheld God. Different word for the, see, for the seeing there. And they ate and drank. And then the Lord said, Come to me on the mountain, stay, stay there and I'll give you tablets of stone with the Torah and the commandments which I've written so that I may instruct. So here's the sequence. Scroll of the covenant, publicly read. Moses, the people. They respond and accept it. Blood of the covenant, cut with them, sprinkled on them. Three, God gives Moses, Aaron, his sons, 70 elders, the vision of himself. Four, they eat and drink, probably to celebrate or commemorate. But we'll mention something else about that. Then, God calls Moses to the mountain to give him, not the others, not even Joshua or Aaron or his sons or the elders, two tablets of stone with the divinely handwritten Decalogue, the 10, the Decalogue, the 10 words. So they saw is, verse 10, 11, they saw the God of Israel, Ra'ah, the word, and under his feet, it says like work of sapphire stone, like bone of heaven's purity, maybe blue and white maybe blue and white, like the flag of Israel today. So beautiful, Moses, Aaron, and his sons, and the 70 elders saw God from below it seems, from below, focusing on what was under his feet through transparent sapphire pavement. Now the covenant had been sealed, and now God gives a vision of himself standing on clear sapphire, followed by a sacrificial feast. Notice, not thunder and lightning, in this case, but peaceful blue. Now in John's vision, Yochanan, or John's vision of Yeshua, glorified and ascended as Kohen Gadol, as high priest in the Apocalypse, book of Revelation, he sees him with shining bronze-like feet, Revelation 1.15, and his feet like burnished brass as in a fiery furnace polished bronze refined in a furnace, says the TLV. An alloy of gold or fine brass, which withstands the fire. John is seeing Yeshua in his current active ministry of purifying the kehilot, the assemblies. Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the seven menorot, the seven lampstands or menorahs, Right? That's what he's doing now, right now. That's what he's doing. <clears throat> Judgment begins first with what? The house of God, 1 Peter 4, 17. His feet stamping out all that is unholy. Now, I don't know what you think about when you think of unholy. Some people, sometimes we think about things that are drilled in our minds from certain types of ob- just certain types of preaching. But let me help you think it and me think it through. Unholy is anything unlike him. That's all it really is. I love I heard Malcolm Smith, I don't think I heard maybe more than one or two messages by him years ago, and he said he I loved it, he defined kadosh holy as other. Other, other than. I love that. Holy, it's other anything other than God. God is other than holy, God is other than everything else. Well, he stamps out everything that is unlike him, unlike anything outside of love. Any unwholesome motive he stamps out with his feet. He will bring to light the things hidden in darkness and also make clear the motives of the hearts. First Corinthians four, verse five. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and nothing hidden that will not be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in private rooms will be proclaimed from the housetops. That's what Yeshua said in Luke chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. It's sobering, isn't it? Judgment begins first with us. It's, it's with us, the word of God, purging, purifying. But his strong bare feet, and they are bare feet as far as I understand, picture them. They're full of strength and stability. So Peter tells us, loved ones, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal taking place among you to test you as though some strange thing were happening to you. Instead, rejoice insofar as you share in the sufferings of Messiah, so that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be glad. If you are reviled, insulted, you know, for the name of Messiah, you are, translates here, fortunate. It really, the Greek word makarios means enlarged. God enlarges me when I suffer for his sake. When I, if I take it to Him, if I respond t- rightly to Him, He actually enlarges me. I have greater capacity to know Him and to, exper- to experience his, and reveal His character. I'm enlarged. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. For the time has come for judgment to begin with the house of God. First Peter chapter four, verses twelve through seventeen. Have you been reviled? for Yeshua's sake. If I am, toughen up. Hey, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to what people are going through in other parts of the world, right? Right now in this present age, Messiah is judging his kahilah, his body. That's what he's doing with his feet. Purifying and preparing us for the age to come. His feet are as burnished brass in a fiery furnace. Think about it. Now that's not bad. That's great. I'm looking forward to it because He wants He wants you to have rewards at the bima, at the judgment seat. Not wood, hay, and straw, 1 Corinthians chapter three, but gold, silver, and costly stones. He's trying to prepare you to have be able to reward you. That's all. And me, all of us. And they saw the God of Israel. They beheld him. They had a vision of God. Saw is means to look, to see, and understand. To behold, chaza, the Hebrew word chaza means to see that which is not normally visible. Not normally visible. God said, I'm going to give you something. No, but what a fascinating thing. They're looking from below, it seems, in this particular vision. And then they're eating and drinking. Now, rabbinic authorities differ widely on whether this was sinful or not. Rashi says, and he's the main commentator always quoted in, in, you know, orthodox Judaism, he says that it was irreverent and that they should have died. Ankalas and Ramban say they were gratefully partaking of the offerings and celebrating for the privilege of being given the vision. And I kind of lean that way. Food and fellowship in scripture are common. A covenant ratification meal. They were celebrating and reaffirming the covenant which had already been established. That makes more sense to me, but choose whichever, whatever you think. And then in 2411 it says, again, he did not stretch out his hand against them. Well, this is interesting. this is strange, isn't it? Because in Exodus 33-20 it says, "No man can see me and live." But what does that mean? "No man can see my face and live," God says, "My face." First Timothy 6:16, 6, "The king of kings and the Lord of Lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or is able to see. Well. What did they see? They didn't really see, and you know, by the way, I have to look, I'm gonna share in a, just a minute, we're gonna look at the, you know, I was looking for some pictures of Mount of Transfiguration, you know, and I hated to use anything because we don't, or, or in Revelation one, we don't know what he looked, we don't wanna even, I don't even want in the uh, pictures of what people think he looked like because it's gonna be different, right? And I said, I don't even wanna put anything, but I put something on whatever I put, you know, just, it's, it's, just, it's just one idea. In John's vision of the, the apocalypse, which means, remember, the uncovering, the unveiling of Yeshua the Messiah, which God gave him, Revelation 1, verse 1, he saw the following. In the midst of the menorot, menorot the lampstands, verse 13 through 18, I saw one like a son of man clothed in a robe down to his feet, with a golden belt wrapped around his chest, his head and his hair were white like wool, white like snow, which again, the commentators I read said, he died in the 30s, his head wasn't white yet, but now white, showing his wisdom, maturity, (coughs) and his eyes, it says, like a flame of fire, just piercing, penetrating, his feet were like polished bronze refined in the furnace and his voice was like the roar of rushing waters like the waterfall and you don't you love we have Tennessee we are blessed with so many waterfalls in his right hand he held seven stars probably the shepherds of the of the seven flocks most likely in seven star and and the messenger and out of his mouth came forth a sharp two-edged sword His face was like the sun shining at full strength. Wow. And John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. But he placed his right hand on me, saying, don't be afraid. Fear not, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the one who lives. I was dead, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. Moreover, I hold the keys of death. And Sheol. Now listen, we don't relate to Yeshua the same way they did or, we would ha- or that we would have when he was on earth before the tree, before the cross, before the execution state. We don't. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 15 and 16, one died for all and was raised. So from now on, he says, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Messiah according to the flesh, yet now we no longer know him this way. Yeah, let it sink in. He is now our glorified, ascended high priest and our coming king. But he's also our judge and our justifier, thank God, through his blood. He's removing those things that are shaken so that what cannot be shaken may remain in Hebrews 12, 27. I remember Art Katz speaking on that years ago. How's he doing it? Through his voice and through his fire in Hebrews 12, 26 and 29. He's both mediator, ever living, making intercession for us as our high priest, ever living. We have an advocate. If any man sin, with the uh, I write these things unto you, my little children, that you don't sin. But if any and if any man sin, because we're going to, in First John two one and two, we have an advocate with the Father, a paraclete, Yeshua the Messiah, the righteous one, the tzaddik. He's the righteous. He's ever living. Hebrews seven twenty five to make intercession. He's our mediator. And he's our educator as well in 12, 24, and 11, 24 of Hebrews. He's our educator. He's grooming us. He's preparing us. And that's not always, that's painful sometimes, but it's purposeful. Now, Isaiah had a vision. Isaiah had a vision, and in chapter 6, it's a different, it was a different vision. In the year, he says, verse, uh, of King Uz- Uzziah's death. He says I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple the seraphim were standing above him each had six wings and he goes on to say there he heard the kadosh 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 Adonai the the Lord is of hosts the whole, holy 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 the whole earth is full of his glory then the post of the door trembled at the voice, there's the voice of the ones of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, oily in the Hebrew, woe is me. I'm ruined, I'm done done. What was he aware of? What was he immediately conscious of? I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in amongst a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then, so he's immediately aware of where his lips have sinned. That he sinned, said something, what he said that are, were sinful. And, and then the seraphim flew, flies to him with a glowing clo- coal in his hand. And the tong, with the tongue, similarly touched his mouth and with the coal... And he said, "This is your iniquity is taken away, your sin is atoned for. And then he heard the voice of the Lord say, whom should I send? Who will go for us? There's another plural uh, picture of God, plurality, us. <coughs> the triune God, triune God, the uniplural God. So I said, "Hinani, send me. And he said, go, go. So there is a, Isaiah's vision, a powerful vision of the Lord. And this was the conviction of the tongue. Matthew's vision then of Yeshua is a little different because this was someone asking, is is this vision in Matthew chapter 17, you can turn there real quick, Matthew 17, was this a vision of Yeshua glorified? And I think it was a preview of his glorification, but he wasn't glorified yet. And this was the Mount of Transfiguration, a high mountain. They're not sure which mountain it was, Hermon perhaps. After six days, Yeshua took Peter and Jacob, or uh, James and John, his brother. They went to this mountain, and he was transfigured, turned into another form before them. His face shone like the sun. So there's the shining of the sun. And his clothes became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, t- talking with Yeshua. But and Peter responds, "Master, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll make three sukkot here: one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah." So this wasn't glorified yet because they weren't scared. They were, you know, this was at, at this point, they were, you know, they were engaged and they were, they were excited. This is like amazing, Moses and Elijah and Yeshua. But there's, but. Yeshua is, is, is at least as great and even greater than Moses and Elijah, so God has him shining. <clears throat> and then, while they're speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and now God's voice from above the, out of the cloud saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased, listen to him. And when they heard it, the disciples, they fell face down, Terrified. But Yeshua came and touched them, saying, Get up, stop being, don't be afraid, stop being afraid. And lifting their eyes, they saw no one except Yeshua alone. So, here a preview of their glorification. But the face shone like the sun, the clothes became white as light, bright cloud in the voice. And lastly, one more Rabbi Saul's vision, Shaul or Paul, the apostle, the Sheliach, his vision in Acts chapter 9. It says in verse, and it records it three times. uh, Three times he shares his story, his testimony or his story of this vision. Well, it's recorded three times. He shares it twice. It's recorded of where he shares it in Acts. I'm sure he shared it more. But uh, he was traveling to Damascus, and a light from heaven flashed around him, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then a great light. Again, it says in chapter twenty-two, fl- suddenly flashed all around me. He says, "I'm when he's telling a story." Heard the voice say to me, and I saw the light, but I didn't understand the voice or the brilliance, the brilliance of that light. Chapter twenty-six, he's telling the story, the li- the light from heaven, the brighter, brighter than the sun. He says, shining around me, and he says the voice heard the voice saying to me, and it says here in Aramaic, so I don't know if it's Aramaic or Hebrew, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the ghost. But the light and the voice, the light and the voice, God's presence, God's presence. uh, Yeshua, in this case, Yeshua is now glorified. So think about it. God gives a vision. This passage is an, you know, There's many views on this passage that we've read today. They saw the God of Israel. What did they see? Definitely not his face here. You know, under blue, blue and white, a picture of a a partial uh, vision of of, of him probably from beneath. What do we see? Let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you for a vision of you, God. We thank you, Lord, for how many of us have come to know you, have come to have a vision of you, in some way, to to even become come to know you, Lord. It may be a vision in our heart, maybe a vision in our minds, maybe a vision in a dream. May have been a vision, uh, you know, in hearing the word of God preached somewhere that we had a, just saw you, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the way that you visit your people, the way that you give us glimpses of who you are, Lord, and visit us. We thank you for who you are now, Lord, that we don't know you as you were, but as you are now, Lord. Help us to see you. Help us to know you no longer after the flesh, as we know each other no longer after the flesh either, Lord. We're a new creation. You're glorified. You're glorified now. You're our high priest. You're our coming king. You're the one who, and we thank you for your ministry, Lord, of purifying us now. Judging, uh, judging the kahilot, the, the preparing us Lord, purifying us for, your, for, for the, the life to come, for the, the world to come, the age to come. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for having given your life for us so that we could have the blood washing us be new, brand new, a new creation, a brand new creation. And if you've never received Yeshua, in your life, you've never trusted him, this is the time to do that, to say a prayer, saying, Lord, come into my life. I want to know you. I want to know the living God. I want to have fellowship with you, have a relationship with you. I want to know know you. Come into my life, forgive me, make me new. I can't can't, uh, change myself, but you can change me. You can change me by your light, by your voice, by your power, your love, you are saving power. You have all power to do that. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that we are a new creation. If you need prayer, if you need prayer, there will be some folks here that will pray with you, be available to pray with you uh, after, after the service uh, for healing, for if you prayed to receive Yeshua, if you re- prayed online, you know, contact us. Please, if you're watching the service, pl- uh, please write us. And uh, thank you, God. Thank you we praise you Lord Yivarech garanave yesmorecha Ya era denai panave lecha adonai panave lecha lecha shalom Visham Yeshua yeshu ha mashiach ha shalom Shabbat shalom.